So I want to talk to you today about what we need. And we're in a time of year where the focus is really what we want. What do you want for Christmas, right? Um, that's, I, I talked to a number of children this morning, and I asked them the question, what are you getting for Christmas? And that becomes much of the mindset in so many ways. But how many of you know our mindset tends to be we want God to take us where we want to go, but He's actually trying to get us where we need to be? How many of you know there's a difference? <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Many times we're wanting God to take us where we want to go, but He's trying to get us where we need to to be. And Jesus is that answer. I, I've, I've learned for me, and probably you can relate to this, but we, we kind of figure out in life what we want, and then we devote ourselves to get there. And so many times when we get what we want, we still find ourselves not having what we need. And so what we need, you know that it's coming. It's Christmas. It's church. I'm a pastor. We're talking about the Scripture. What we need, what's His name? is Jesus. That's what we need. And I want to just give you an understanding of why that's more than just a simple little cliche statement that we make in the church world. I want you to understand some of the meat, some of the substance of why that is such a reality. So uh, if, you're, if you're in the rows that we haven't had to add in the back, pass down the books. Uh, you might not have books if you're in the back four or five rows now, but take out a note card. I want to give you a few blanks here for you to, uh, to capture and, and think about. You can perhaps reflect on this. Our, our objective today is that you will actually take, I like the way uh, Chrissy said it, the, that you will actually take this Christmas revelation of who Jesus is and understand it's not just a distant historical thing that happened, but it is a modern-day revelation of who Jesus wants to be in the here and now for you and me. And so may our Christmas be filled with more than just the commercialization that the world tries to give us and a focus of what we want, but may we really dig in a little bit more as family to what we need. And may, may we do that uh, in our personal family celebrations in our homes. We need a word from God. This is, this is the need. We need a word from God. This is your first blank. If you have that note card, you can write that in. We need a word from God to enlarge us beyond the borders of our confining circumstances that we find ourselves facing in many instances. I, I wrestled a little bit with this this morning because when I say something like what I'm about to, people, uh, I'm so appreciative of the wonderful family we have, but people tend to get a little nervy and, um, and start you know, being concerned, talking to me. Uh, if I ever speak of something along these lines. But personally, I want you to understand, I want to tie this into something really significant. So let's repeat the phrase, and then I want to tell you something. We need a word from God to enlarge us beyond the borders of our confining circumstances. Personally, I recently had um, what I would call a medical symptom scare. And, um, you know, just a situation that didn't last very long, but for me, uh, symptomatically, when I suddenly saw what was going on, uh, I got very concerned. I started thinking, you know, what, I mean, life, you know, all, you, know you, you think about those things and, and, and when situations just all of a sudden come your way. Um, I did what any of us would do when you face any type of a concerning symptom situation. I Googled 
and I found the 39 ways you can die in five minutes from that particular symptom. Anybody have that before? Like, you, you know, you, you look up, something shows up, you, whatever's going on, and you're Googling it, and then you find all these, I mean, like, you could die here, you could die there. I had to just ungoogle my brain and step back, and I had to re-God my brain. And I just want to say again, we need a word from God that will enlarge us beyond the borders of confining circumstances. And we really need to understand this today. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than the circumstances that are trying to confine you. Greater is he that Jesus came to change everything. Greater is he that is in you than anything the enemy is trying to convince you that he's bringing on you. I just reject that today. I stand here today and declare we are free. We are a free people. We need a word from God to enlarge us beyond the borders of confining circumstances and situations. So as we get into this today, I'm personally just celebrating. Jesus has come. My life has changed. How about you? I'm so thankful for the loving power of Christ. And Jesus didn't just come to save us from our sin. Jesus came to dwell with us. You understand, we many times get so focused on the mission that we miss the assignment. Think about that. We get so focused on the mission, many times we miss the assignment. Jesus didn't just come to rescue us. He came to be with us. He came to help us become everything God's designed us to be, everything God's called us to be. That's why we do what we do as a church, because we believe this is the avenue. Jesus came with deep conviction. I lead a congregation and work with pastors and leaders and churches because I know this is the avenue that God has purposed to awaken things in the earth through the body of Christ, the family of God, gathering just like this to celebrate who He is and who He desires for us to become. So if the video is working, if I can get a sign, then I want to... I want us to watch a very clever uh, expression of the Christmas story, and then we'll take it from there. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. I, you're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's. Old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem hand that that you can stay stay is a staple and then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angel said, a new baby is getting born who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing.
us. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, to have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how it would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. How many you know God embeds so much truth in everything he's done that he weaves through the history of time that somehow he would cause that in one of the final few days of the year 2017, we would land in this room together on assignment from God Almighty. I believe he wants to awaken some things within us. So let me just read to you Luke chapter 2, verse 17 and following. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Now, Think about what this, this is. These are the shepherds having seen the angel. How I many of you know if an angel showed up to you, it'd be pretty spectacular? You'd be in awe. Now, I want you to notice something very important because in, in the day we live in, there are a lot of people chasing the spectacular and really not understanding. Folks, the supernatural isn't always spectacular, but the supernatural is always supernatural. There's a supernatural element that can come in. Uh, there's a spectacular element that can come as a result of the supernatural. But if we're not careful, we start chasing the spectacular and we miss the supernatural, the most meaningful, practical thing that God wants to do supernaturally right within our reach. And you'll notice that the, the shepherds, they did not go and freak out and spread the word about this spectacular experience with the angels. What did they talk about? They went and told what had been told them about this child. Their focus was Jesus. I just want you to know we're committed. No matter what happens in this place, we're committed. Our focus will always be Him. It'll always be Jesus. It'll always be His Word. There may be spectacular expressions of what God's doing in the earth, but I tell you, we all need to stay focused on who Jesus is in the midst of whatever those circumstances may be. And so this goes on. It says, verse 18, all who heard the story, all who heard what had happened, they were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. We need a word from God to enlarge the borders of confining circumstances that try to come our way. 
We need to treasure up the Word from God, the words of God that we read in Scripture, the words He stirs and speaks to our hearts. We need a Word from God that will awaken something within us as we treasure up those things and we ponder them in our heart. When we begin to focus in on what it is that God's desiring to speak and stir and release, it begins to change everything about the dynamic of our family, of our home. I'm just so given to the reality. I mean, I've, I've come away in my perspective of what ministry is about and church is about and God is about. I've just learned God's not afraid of any of our mistakes. God's not afraid of any of our mess. How many of you, your life is sometimes a complete and total mess? You know what I'm talking about. I mean, like you make decisions and you think, I don't even need a devil to destroy my life. I'm doing a good job on my own. You know, you get in a place that's just such a mess. And and I'm just blown away by this is never God's reaction. He's never, oh, what are we going to do. You know, that's never what he does. Jesus is never just a, oh my, oh my me. What, you know, it's never anything like that. It's, it's always hope. It's always love. It's always perseverance. It's always patience. It's always belief. No matter what your situation may be, God has something to say about that circumstance and that situation. And you don't have to settle for confining circumstances and situations to hold you back and keep you back from anything God's called you to accomplish and fulfill in your life. He's big enough to take you beyond that situation and those circumstances. So Mary had this incredible experience with God. The, the blanks that you're on your, uh, on your form there, something powerful is awakened within us when we treasure and ponder the things of God in our hearts. Something powerful is awakened within us. You know how God transforms the world around us? He awakens something within us. You know, you can have a major revival in your family if something's just awakened within your heart. Your your entire family dynamic can change. You can have a major revival in your work world if something is awakened in your heart. I mean, it's amazing how God does this. He does everything internally. Like we're thinking big, and he starts with something so small in a manger and begins to transform the whole world. History then becomes divided into two pieces. It's amazing what God will do if we'll treasure up and ponder the things of God in our heart. And here Mary had this incredible experience with God, and she was exposed to a concept. I want to use that word very intentionally. Would everybody say that word with me? Concept. Ready? Let's say it. One, two, three concept. She's exposed to a concept or an idea with God. The reason I want you to think about the expression of an idea in the terminology of a concept is because it's the root word of conception. And we're talking about God revealing a revelation from heaven to Mary who experienced conception from God. And it wasn't just a conception in the natural, it was a conception in the mental, in the intellectual, in the spiritual, in the emotion. And God wants to reveal some ideas and some concepts to us today that will take us beyond the borders of where we've been living our lives. God wants to awaken Awaken something within us to transform the world around us and give us a concept. Come on, is there some conception going on right now? Is God stirring something in your spirit right now? 
Luke 1, 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. There will be conception, and the concept of Christ will be conceived within you, Mary, and the world will become a very different place. And that's your next blank. Conception comes from the root word concept, and the angel explained the concept, and then she had to wrestle with the concept to get there. Just because God has a plan for you doesn't mean you understand it all right up front when you hear the concept concept or the idea. You have to work through and wrestle through and let it renew your mind. Your mind is not ready to operate on your level of anointing. Your mind cannot handle what God wants to do in the supernatural. Many times God is stirring and saying, I'm calling you to this, and your mind is wrestling with it. Your anointing is ready to break into it, but your mind is what holds you back. There's a concept you've got to get hold of today. There's a concept you've got to embrace today. His name is Jesus, and he is a concept from God. I know that might sound a little challenging. He's a concept from God. But I'm going to show you. That's why why I want you to understand right up front, what we need is Jesus. It's amazing how this really just begins to unfold more and more. And so she's wrestling with it, and she says in verse 34, Luke 1, How will this be? This concept is foreign to me. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Like, I don't see how this can be. But what we need is a word to enlarge us beyond the borders of our confining situation. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we can ask or imagine. Further explanation, further conversation. God didn't tell Abram he was going to have a son one time. God told Abram he was going to have a son multiple times. And when, when Abram was 100 years old, the word God had spoken to him more than two decades earlier actually finally came to pass. Now, I understand the will of God sometimes is a process that we have to work this out. Change in your life is a process, not an event. There's a progression of thinking it through, getting the concept, getting the idea embedded, getting familiar with the concept, then starting to be really in touch with the concept, and then the concept getting deep in your heart. And when when the concept gets deep in your heart, then other things that, uh, that don't align with that concept, suddenly you start to realize that's not right. Then you're able to determine that the, and discern the difference between right and wrong, the difference between truth and a lie. Listen carefully. The enemy wants you to buy into the spirit of this age, and it's a lie. And Jesus came to set you free from that, and it really deals a lot with the way you think. Nothing can help you if your thinking is wrong And nothing can stop you if your thinking is right. Get the concept. Verse 38, Mary wrestled it through. She embraced the concept. It was embedded in her heart. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word, your concept, to me be fulfilled. As you have said, Lord, I receive. See, without the concepts of God, we're confined to our own human conclusions. I don't know if you realize, but ladies and gentlemen, we are utterly capable of justifying any behavior that we decide we want to justify because we're more in touch with what we want than we are with what we need, and what we need is Jesus. We need God's ideas. We need God's way of thinking. It really makes sense when I'm preaching it. 
But what about the quiet moments when you and I deal and struggle with temptation? I felt this last week the Holy Spirit said to me personally, not even pastorally on a level of leadership, just personally as a Christian, just as a believer, as somebody who's just saying, Lord, I want to know more of what you've called for me personally, as a man, as a husband, as a father, all those things, but just me as a Christian. And I just felt the Holy Spirit said, you've wrestled with temptation long enough. It's time to begin to conquer some areas of sin in your life. You've wrestled with temptation long enough. It's time to begin to conquer some areas of sin in your life. You've wrestled with addiction long enough. It's time to conquer some areas of addiction in your life your life. You've wrestled with issues of unforgiveness in your life long enough. It's time to conquer some issues of unforgiveness. You've wrestled with issues of bitterness in your life. I don't know if we're conceiving it enough right now or not, but you've wrestled with issues of bitterness long enough, and you need to conquer those areas in your life. Whatever your temptation, your issue is, and there's not one of us in the room that doesn't have an area of temptation and sin in our lives that we're struggling with. I'm fed up with the lie that's going on in religion in the day that you and I live that's confusing everybody. The man who says he's without sin is a liar, the Bible says. Let's stop gathering together and pretending like we have it all together when we really just need Jesus. What we need is Jesus. What we really need is Jesus. That's what we need. I think we're getting the concept. I think we're conceiving something today. The conception is taking place as we're getting the concept. That's why Jesus came. Jesus is the concept of God wrapped in human form. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the, oh, it really does all seem to come together, doesn't it? It's amazing how it all starts to come together when we start to put the pieces of the puzzle and all the parts of the picture that God's been revealing all of this time. In the beginning was the Word. You know, there are two words in the Greek that translate to the word word in in English. One of those is rhema, and one of those is logos. And I've heard people talk about, you know, logos is the written word, and rhema is the revealed word, and it's just incomplete, because this word is not rhema. This word in the Greek is actually logos. So clearly it's more than the written word, It is the written word. It's also the complete word or incompletion. Rhema is more of a highlight portion, while logos speaks more of completion. And the reason it speaks of completion is because think about another word we get from the word logos, logic. How many of you know God's logic is not incomplete? God's logic is utterly complete. So in the beginning was the logic of God... And the logic of God became embodied in a human form to be the expression of God's logic or the embodiment of God's truth that you and I then begin to have an understanding of who God is, what God desires, how God thinks. I mean, you might even say we can have the mind of Christ. How many of you know we have the mind of Christ? How many of you have the mind of Christ? Raise your hand if you have the mind of Christ. How many of you use the mind of Christ? Uh, 
Exactly. It's kind of like uh, exercise equipment. Just because you have it doesn't mean you use it. How many of your treadmills are, are great clothes hangers? You hang clothes on your treadmill, right? That's because you have a treadmill, but you don't necessarily use a treadmill. Just because we have the mind of Christ doesn't mean we use the mind of Christ. But to memorize the Bible is to memorize the mind of God. And when we start to get the mind of God awakened within us, then the world around us starts to be transformed because the concept of God begins to awaken us to understand that we are called to love and we are called to serve and we are called to give. And God wants your life to be awesome, but He wants you not to pursue an awesome life for yourself. He wants you to provide an awesome life for others. That's what will make your life awesome. This is just the love of God revealed and embodied in who Christ is. Jesus came and the world has changed and you and I are the hope for humanity now with Christ alive within us. When we get the concept right. So Jesus is the embodied logic of God who came to solve the world's problems. Agreed? Jesus is the embodied logic of God that came to solve the world's problems. So obviously, God knew the problems in the world were ideas and concepts. The world's ideas and the world's concepts are very flawed. Nothing can help you if your thinking is wrong. And nothing can stop you if your thinking is right. Great ideas have the power to move us. Bad ideas have the power to ruin us, and God ideas have the power to transform us and to transform the world around us. So God reveals these concepts when we treasure them up, pondering them in our hearts. His supernatural abilities become released in our lives. So I just want to give you a concluding statement, and I want you to think about it, because there's something in you that's driving you to a deeper purpose And there's something within you that's driving you to a greater cause. Maybe you go to work to make the money, to buy the food, to have the strength to go to work, to make the money, to buy the food, to have the strength to go to work, to make the money, to buy the food, to have the strength to go to work, to make the money, to buy the food, to have the strength to go to work, to make the money. And you've realized that that's just an empty lie. No matter how successful you may be at going to work to make the money, to buy the food, to have the strength to go to work. Maybe you figure that out. Because there's something in you that's driving you to the deeper purposes of God and the greater cause of Christ. And without God's purposes, our lives lack meaning. Without God's purpose, listen, when we aren't embracing God's purposes then we then begin to buy into attitudes and ideas that are very dangerous to our destiny, very dangerous to our future. Without the concepts of God, we start having issues in our lives that minimize and take us to a place that's absolutely vacuum and void of God's purpose. And we believe things that we should have never believed about ourselves And then we can never become everything that God's called us to to become.